Hello, everyone, and welcome to the seventh episode of The Exchange, COVID-19 and Beyond, with me and my co-hosts, Tonya Davy-Timmore and Margaret Olele. Yeah, thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. Great to be here, Paul. Yeah, today we will be discussing uh, with a representative from Mantrak on the role of recognition as a key driver for economic diversification post-COVID-19. Mantrak is a member of the American Business Council, but also they are the authorized Caterpillar dealer in Africa, distributing and supporting the full range of Caterpillar products, basically machines that interface with various sectors such as energy, oil and gas, renewables, mining and agriculture. Also joining us today, we have an interesting co-host, uh, Vince Onye Jim. He's a director for is a director and, and the West African market lead for infrastructure and major projects advisory at the KPMG Advisory Services. I'm sure we all know KPMG, but we just to mention that KPMG is a multinational professional service firm. So welcome, Vince. Thank you very much, uh, Margaret. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, to be here. Glad to have you in our midst. Before we go into the discussion of today, let's briefly discuss what has been going on globally and locally. Currently, there are about 13 million COVID-19 cases glo globally with the US, Brazil, and India leading in the numbers. But in Nigeria, we have so far about 34,249 cases and 70, um, 760 deaths so far. The economy is also reopening uh, gradually and a lot of multinationals are operating virtually or creating a skeletal system where a number of staffs um, come and go into the office maybe twice or thrice a week. And also interstate travel has been uh, relaxed a little. So Vince, as a consultant, what does this say about the future of work in the country? Are we going to leapfrog or adopt the tools um, for the fourth industrial revolution. Tell us a little bit about that. So thank you very much, uh, Toyin. Um, and uh, um, so I'll start with um, you know, acknowledging uh, it's been an interesting and evolving world. Um, as the market is opening up, uh, anything that has the potential to, to raise income levels and improve uh, the quality of life uh, for the country is a welcome uh, development. Um, now, I would probably just want to dive straight into um, the aspect of uh, the fourth industrial revolution. And I will start by uh, saying that the first industrial revolution uh, used water and steam power uh, to mechanize production. Uh, the second uh, used electric uh, to create mass production. Uh, the TED uh, used electronics and uh, information technology to automate uh, production. So the fourth um, industrial revolution, I think, is building on the third, and it's uh, characterized by a fusion of uh, technologies. So notably, or notable and emerging uh, technology breakthroughs are in the fields uh, such as um, artificial intelligence, AI, uh, robotics, uh, the Internet of uh, Things, 
either autonomous uh, vehicles, AVs, uh, 3D, 3D printing, uh, nanotechnology, biotechnology, material science, energy storage, and uh, quantum uh, computing. So, um, using autonomous vehicles uh, as an example, um, we are concerned about, and I'm using concerned in the right way, um, about the technology used both in the vehicle and externally, uh, such as uh, digital networks and uh, road infrastructure. Uh, we are seeing AVs uh, move uh, into use around the world, um, notably Singapore, Brazil, even the UAE, uh, the UK. Um, so around the world, um, in public transport and in uh, closed uh, site environments, uh, such as uh, mining and logistics. So um, we are inevitably uh, going to adopt uh, the tools uh, for the uh, fourth industrial revolution, uh, but with, you know, AVs, um, but with AVs, my, my, my guess is that we would uh, likely start um, in in the closed environments like the, you know the mining and logistics space um, in, in Nigeria. Well, for me, because um, just just running into the issue about the quality of uh, of work uh, and 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 what work is going to be like, I guess I'll just focus on the the, the advantages or what would be our reality. I see a situation where we will continue working from home and even translating from that to what someone uh, called uh, living in the virtual office. So you, you, you spend more hours really working as opposed to when you're physically in the office because you really don't know when it's 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. and, oh, oh, I need to just respond to that mail and it's 12 midnight. And then you keep working. And uh, for some of us that live in cities that are high, highly congested with traffic, it means less commuting. It means better quality of life. So there are, there, are, there are some interesting advantages. I was at a very um, important uh, board meeting some few days ago, and I realized that usually the first 30 minutes of that meeting would be us, oh, how are you, what's going on, or some people are still held in traffic and all. But we set the meeting and ended at least about 20 minutes before the time, you know, and, and, and that shows that we are better able to manage our time. And um, yeah, but at the end of the day, there, there will be the need to have capabilities to be able to leverage um, the virtual platforms to, to have those meetings, to have the essential etiquettes to be able to do that. Nothing is very frustrating as having a meeting and then someone is, you know, um, talking and, and screaming at the background and, and, and all that. So we are really in interesting times. Um, start, obviously, from what is happening with the vets and, and, and all that's happening, but also interesting times when those who have the, um, the know-how and the and the, the capabilities to learn um, and to leverage the first revolution will be at a, a, a great advantage. Yes, I think this is a very positive step forward as we look to eventually opening up the country or countries um, following the deadly effects of um, this pandemic. So I, I do I do think this is this is a strive forward. But when we do get back, um, I, I believe everything is is going to be um different these are just my thoughts
Wow. Great, great insights from all of you, from Vince to what you just said now, uh, Maggie and, and Paul. Um, I think all of our organizations have to totally um, pivot and redo things um, differently. Uh, there's the talk about the new normal. And I think um, all of our organizations are already experiencing the new normal as we as we move on. So, you know, our individual organizations have to continue to foster business uh, dialogues in the midst of an economic downturn, even as the economy reopens. Uh, so for AVPA, um, it's been an opportunity for us to really kind of look at what, how do we continue to bring people together virtually um, to really address uh, the, the funding gaps for the SDGs and also um, how do we, again, continue to increase and encourage investors to you know, increase their flow of capital, whether it's financial, human, or intellectual capital. So um, Paul and, and Maggie, uh, what are your organizations up to these days? What, what's currently happening? Well, from my end, um, we, uh, we, we're doing, that's the Corporate Council in Africa is doing uh, a blended finance forum, talking about uh, a, a blended finance in, uh, in Africa. And as well, we'll also be doing, starting from Thursday next week, um, an upcoming ICT webinar in Africa um, we'll be looking at how um, ICT would play an important role currently, right now, and also post um, COVID-19. So these are the two things we're currently uh, working on at the Corporate Council in Africa. Fantastic. Maggie, what's going on at the American Business Council? We've been doing quite a lot of things, uh, you know, doing. Um, on the 16th of July, we organized a partnership with Citibank. Uh, this was a webinar with the IMF chief and country representative for Nigeria. We had a look at the economic uh, perspectives, you know, of the continent with specific uh, focus on Nigeria. And among the activities um, we have worked on with, also with government agencies uh, to see what we could do to facilitate the market entry of big business from the U.S., which in the mid to long term will help improve employment and economic activity um, in the country. But I must say that the the, the meeting with the uh, with uh, Jasmine Roman, that's the IMF chief and country representative, was really insightful because she also shared, you know, um, the um, challenges that we are facing in the area of uh, the area of uh, healthcare, especially even issues around testing. Uh, we showed that Nigeria was behind countries like Guinea-Bissau, even in the area of testing for COVID. Uh, a couple of other things, but I, I guess the most important was the fact that we needed to um, look at more natural ways of of, um, of raising um, revenues and and not really um, uh, backtracking to into into, into um, uh, taxation in and form as a as a way uh, out of the woods. But very interesting uh, perspectives that were shared. This is great news in the midst of uh, this uh, global pandemic. Um, but on today's episode, we have a general, um, the general manager of machines at Mantrak, Mr. Mohammed Ibrahim. Mr. Ibrahim has over 19 years of experience in Africa, Middle East, and Russia, 
working in the heavy equipment machinery space, and he will be sharing with us how mechanization would drive economic growth in the new normal. Mr. Ibrahim, welcome to the podcast. Uh, welcome, everybody. I'm glad to be here with you all, and uh, um, I hope this podcast will add a lot of information to all of us post the COVID-19 situation. So, thank thank you, uh, Mr. Ibrahim. Um, so we we understand that Mantrak is uh, the authorized uh, Caterpillar dealer in Nigeria, uh, distributed and supporting uh, Caterpillar construction machines, uh, power systems, and material handling equipment in the country uh, for over 70 years. Now, um, what what has changed over the years um, with regards to uh, mechanization? Allow me to give a brief overview about uh, the Mantra Group. Uh, the Mantra Group is a part of the Mansur Group. Mansur Group has uh, a presence in 100 countries around the world with total revenue of uh, $7.5 billion, as the number is showing uh, uh, in 2019, and uh, 60,000 employees. For Mantra Group in general and the Mantra Nigeria specifically, we, we do have strong commitment to continuous improvement across all lines of services and products we provide. Hand in hand with Caterpillar, we are targeting the increased production, higher efficiency and best reliability among other values and benefits. We should highlight uh, the multi-branding strategy uh, where we added more brands to our portfolio uh, uh, in Mantrak Group itself and Mantrak Nigeria specifically. We added to the portfolio the sister product brand called SEM. This is a, a, a brand for construction machinery. The Haley forklift over above the Caterpillar forklifts for material handling we have. GLG brand. This is a man handling equipment, uh, Alamond lights for lighting hours, and more brands to just fulfill different customers' mechanization needs and budgets. If we speak about the change uh, over the last 70 years, the main change will be uh, about improved technology. Currently, all the products we are having from machinery are having some improved technology deployed to achieve machine versatility and saving costs. Recently, we have launched a new range of uh, next generation excavators in Nigeria. The artificial intelligence development have reduced uh, the drudgery. The new improved financial systems have made it easier to acquire machines. So history has, has shown that whenever economies experience a downturn, the government really tries to come in to stimulate the growth of the economy by, you know, encouraging banks to learn, lend more, um, you know, borrowing from the, the capital market to invest in infrastructure, thereby increasing employment. So tell us a little bit more. What opportunities has Mantrak identified and how is Mantrak going to leverage on these opportunities that, that's been identified? We have identified agriculture is an important and major sector where we need to focus and use our mechanization in land clearance as a first step for any farmer to start his uh, seeding and harvesting. We were focused on is the mining industry. We are providing uh, 
by definition the the oldest and the greatest mining machines and now in conjunction with the mining ministry uh, uh, we are supporting the artisanal and the small scale miners in the gold mine program and the other precious mineral extraction to achieve stronger economic diversification and the growth so we have several solutions for the small scale miners and the artisanal miners to be able to use equipments to improve their production we are uh, uh, complementing the govern government efforts where we see very obvious uh, uh, government uh, very obvious effort made in several regions in developing policies and the strategies to uh, improve both roads and economic economies at the same time some ambitious road building projects are taking place currently in several states we are fully involved we are fully in uh, in conjunction with those uh, uh, governors and the uh, ministries uh, as well as developing new products and services to satisfactorily meet the needs of our market environment okay thank thank you very much uh, ibrahim thank you um now i know you know um, mechanization has um you know improved the way we get things uh, or jobs uh, done and, and to a large extent uh, you you touched on um, you know the level of mechanization in the agricultural sector uh, the mining sector and road infrastructure uh, in terms of the construction and paving machines you're uh, using on a number of uh, projects in Nigeria so um, with, with artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, data mining, Internet of Things, robotics, um, all coming in uh, full throttle. How how has uh, mechanization adjusted to this? And um, do, do you see an early adoption in the, in the country or in the continent? You know, um, now what, what role is Mantrak playing in, in the area of uh, capacity building. I, I know, again, you touched on it a bit um, when you were talking about um, the agricultural sector, perhaps a broader expansion of, um, um, you know, the support um, you're uh, rendering in, in relation to capacity building. The Caterpillar uh, thought beyond uh, for four years to come, how should the machinery and the mechanization look like and the serve the customers and the serve the purpose it's built for. So the technology has been integrated into the machinery and into the machines now to meet and even exceed customer needs. We think uh, that uh, the operators and owners should get the best out of the machine they are acquiring with use of the technology. There is no doubt that the data analytics leads to better decision making to drive customer satisfaction and to improve profitability. For example, adjustable machines operation mode reduces fuel consumption and increase productivity and the profitability at the same time. So uh, digitalization of services also has improved over the last couple of years massively on all levels. Engaging many in Caterpillar learning programs. We have leveraged now training programs online 
for operators and for Nigerian citizens, for te technicians across all levels, for our employees as well as our customers and the fresh graduates to get the best out of uh, uh, their Caterpillar products as well as to be qualified in this ever-changing world post uh, the COVID-19. Uh, I, I I just want to share some uh, also share some thoughts around solar solar um, energy and solar power um, production. I, I know that the initial challenges we had around solar um, production or solar energy is, was the cost of the production of the panel, and uh, we also hear that this has reduced over the years. Uh, what is it like currently in Nigeria, and and what do you see as the alternative to boost economic activities? you see this as a way to uh, boost economic activities in rural areas? Uh, this is very true. There is a shift towards uh, alternative power sources and especially solar power. It's also important to mention that uh, solar power and panels have a positive environmental effect in both remote and the rural areas for sure. So I think Nigeria is already witnessing uh, the development of the solar power. It's one of our focus areas in Mantrak, Nigeria, as well. Yeah, that, that, that's really great to know. And um, really, uh, uh, we, are, we, we see in Nigeria with a great um, future uh, working with Mantra. There are various uh, touch points that will be very effective and would be uh, very helpful, mutually beneficial to uh, Mantra, Katrina, uh, and also to, to Nigeria. And, uh, you know, Honestly, Mohammed, I wish we could go on and on. Um, unfortunately, we have reached the end of the podcast today. And we'd like to thank you um, for finding time to come and for sharing your thoughts and your insights. And we really look forward to another time when we could have uh, more elaborate uh, conversations on what Matrak is um, doing for, for the country. Yes, thank you. It is time to go, unfortunately. From time to time, we will have guest hosts joining us. And today, a special thank you goes to our guest host, Vince Onyejeli of KPMG for his valuable insights. And as always, on behalf of my co-hosts, Paul Olele and Margaret Olele of American Business Council, thank you for listening. I am Tony Nadigwite Moore, African Venture Philanthropy Alliance. Please be well, wear your mask, Stay safe.